Greetings, friends. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Continuing Church of God. In this past week, uh, my wife Joyce, I, and my son David, our son David, uh, we went to Puerto Rico. And so I want to talk about Puerto Rico trials and triumphs. Now, Puerto Rico, by the way, is a Spanish word which means bridge port. And it's got a an unusual relationship to the United States is considered to be a commonwealth and it's about a uh, thousand miles uh, southeast of uh, Miami. It's got three, about 3.3 uh, million people there. And last Sunday uh, my wife and I and our son we flew over there and so I want to go through some of the problems that we had, some of the opportunities that we had and go through some scriptures about problems and opportunities and issues. So we get to Puerto Rico. First, the good news, our plane is a little bit early. So we called people who were supposed to pick us up and they hadn't gotten there yet. And then they were gonna call when they got closer to us and they never called. So that was unusual, thinking, well, what's, what's going on? So finally, after we get our bags and we go through all their COVID verifications and et cetera, I decide, okay, well, they didn't call, I'll call them. There's two different people, and I called different ones. Finally got somebody's, and we ended up getting together. Later, we found out what happened was we didn't get a call back because they had brought two vehicles, and one of the vehicles, the car, stopped working. And he was trying to figure out, talking to the, somebody else how to fix the car on his phone so he couldn't take our call and couldn't call us, call us. So that was okay, fine, some minor thing. But then we started to go uh, toward the uh, apartment that we uh, had uh, rented, that they'd asked us, told us to rent over there uh, for the stay we were at. And we go there and the car stops working. And so we get stranded, sort of, and gets restarted. And this goes on and on for a while. Originally, it was sort of taken probably 35 minutes to go from the airport to the apartment. But instead, it ended up being uh, a couple of hours, which had made for a long day because we had to take a couple of flights in order to get to uh, Puerto Rico, so it was kind of a long day. So we get, get there finally, uh, the car gets fixed to some degree. When we get there, and it's dark in the apartment. Like, okay, why is everything dark? Well, because there's no power <laughs> and no electricity, electrical power. And so uh, instead of going out to eat, uh, the, the people there prepared a meal for us, which we were grateful for, we got to have. But it was very hot as well and humid. And basically unbearably hot. My wife was afraid she was going to get a heat stroke. We had something similar the first night we had gone to uh, Jamaica, like 20 years before, electricity wasn't working wherever we were at, it's too hot. And so we're trying to figure out what can we do. Anyways, after a long time, power doesn't go back on. So we said, okay, fine. Um, we will just try to find another place to spend the night. So we found another place uh, to spend the night. Uh, it was a long, long way away. And it wasn't, it wasn't a particularly great place, so we didn't like it really. <laughs> but uh, we put up with it and we, we did that. But the next morning we thought, okay, 
it's, it's supposed to be on the beach, so let's go ahead and we'll go to the beach that's there. So got our bathing suits on, went to the beach, but there was no beach. There were basically big rocks that uh, stopping waves from hitting, so it's not safe to go on the other side. So that didn't go exactly the way we had hoped it would, it would go. So, okay, we changed back to our regular clothes. We go to the apartment, and this time we get to the apartment, and this time the power is on, so we get in the apartment. We've been in the apartment, oh, I don't know, probably not more than five minutes, and we get a text from uh, the other people uh, we're supposed to meet for church services with, and they said that the air conditioning in their apartment, which was in the same building we were in, was out. So could we have church services at our place, our apartment? And we said yes. So we were rushed around, tried to put a few suitcases away and get all ready. And so we had, had services there. And right after services started, the power went out again. So it means it affected our lighting and, uh, and everything else. So that was not going again exactly the way we had uh, we'd wanted, it to, we'd wanted it to go. And basically we found out that they basically have a kind of a new electric company took over in Puerto Rico. Now, we've been in Puerto Rico before. Power doesn't go out all the time. But this particular day, uh, it did. So anyway, we, uh, uh, we had the uh, services uh, and tried to then take what we had recorded and put it on a device that... Uh, one of the uh, Spanish-speaking members could take and modify and upload it at our Spanish-speaking website, Spanish-language uh, channel, YouTube channel. And it wouldn't work. With my, our computer and his computer, it just, it just didn't, it wouldn't work. He tried other computers connecting, and so that was a frustration, but okay, uh, we, we, got, we got through that. Uh, then... Uh, uh, later that uh, later that day, um, we are back at the hotel, and the power goes out again. Now this time, uh, it was probably around uh, I don't know eight o'clock at night. We we're a little bit used to the temperature, so we said, "Okay, fine. We won't we won't get another place. We'll stay there." And so the power was out this time. I don't know eight hours or whatever it was. And finally, the power uh, uh, came back on. So that was frustrating, but okay, we did that. So the next day, uh, we were going to have services again at our place, and the power was out again. And so that was not exactly what we wanted, but that's what happened. Now, the good news was we were able to speak with... Uh, Spanish-speaking uh, members. Uh, one had come down from uh, uh, Maryland, and the others uh, lived on the island of uh, Puerto Rico. We were able to discuss things such as, for example, uh, we've got an English speaker by the name of Fred Woods, who was not there, who had helped them fixing an automated transcript. What, what they had been doing uh, the two people primarily would be Oscar Leal, who lives in Maryland, and Carlos Ponte, who lives in, 
um, the island of Puerto Rico, basically they've been taking the sermons that I do, get a machine transcript of what I say, then translating that into Spanish, and then producing a Spanish dubbing, if you will, of the video. But English is not either their native languages, so uh, Fred Woods got involved, and he did a transcript for them, and they liked that, and I talked to them, they want him to do more, and they said, uh, yes, I hadn't told Fred that, so Fred, I told, him, told you I was going to talk to them about that, so now you know. So they'll have him more involved on that. And another thing that had come up was I was communicating with uh, Steve Dupuy. Steve Dupuy's been working on a project regarding uh, Smashwords, which basically is audio versions of our booklets in English. And he mentioned to me uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles that uh, as he was over speaking in Canada, he was speaking to somebody there who speaks French, uh, Giselle Hedden, and said maybe that she could do some audio books for us in French. So that gave me the idea, hey, why don't we also try to do that in Spanish? So I brought that up uh, to them while, while we were there, and that's something that they're planning on doing. And currently, the other th one of the other things they're planning on doing, uh, they meaning Oscar Leal and Carlos Aponte, is to try to make sure they can to get out at, le uh, at least a weekly video in the Spanish language. It takes a lot, it's a lot of work, but they think we can reach a lot more people along those lines. So there's some positive things that were going on despite, despite all of this. So during the, okay, the second, uh, second day, the power goes out again, uh, this, just before services. Uh, so it looks like we got there Sunday night, so the second morning, the power goes out again. And then later Tuesday, I uh, had gone out uh, it was a Wednesday morning when I again. Well, anyway, yeah, it went out again Wednesday morning. Basically, the power went out five times for between two and eight hours in a two and a half uh, day period. So partially because of that, I decided to not wait until the next day, which had been Thursday, to send out the weekly letter to the brethren. When we had power, it's like, okay, no, now we're going to go ahead and we're going to, to do that. So we got the letter out, so that was, that was good, despite the problems that, that we faced. And you say, well, why should you have problems? You know, aren't you there to do God's work? Well, let's go to uh, the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 11. And I plan to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible pretty much all the time here. 2 Corinthians 11, starting verse 22, the apostle Paul writes, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? Paul says, I speak as a fool. I am more. So, okay, so we have a true minister of Christ, the Apostle Paul. So everything went right for him, right? No. He says, I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. Stripes mean they beat him. In prisons more frequently. So he probably had a bad reputation for going to prison. In deaths often, from the Jews five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. That happens to us a lot, particularly if you read junk on the internet about us. 
in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other thing, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and, by, I, and I'm not weak? Who's made to stumble? And I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast of these things which concern my infirmity. So despite being God's apostle with uh, prophetic abilities, the apostle Paul had, had problems. Now, everything wasn't totally problematic in Puerto Rico, but you talked about dangers and perils, a couple of them. One, there were, there were bees around a lot, and my, my wife is uh, very allergic to bees. And there was a, a, a couple of pools at the apartment, and she was in one of them, and the uh, dog was basically tracking her, and then either fell in or jumped in, and these dogs are following us all the time. It was, uh, so you did not feel comfortable with, with that. Anyway, so we had various uh, uh, perils. And we finally were able to get the camera to communicate with one of the computers that uh, uh, the Spanish-speaking brethren had. So that was good. But that affected the camera. Matter of fact, uh, for the uh, second service, the camera uh, uh, didn't seem to work right. We finally finally got it to to record by doing some kind of a reset. Well, we did that, and then after we recorded, we couldn't use it. Use what was on recording, and I didn't want to redo it again. So, as a chance, I called uh, Bill Whitakin up, and fortunately got him, and we discussed various things. And essentially. Our video camera works great with Windows 7 machines. Windows 10 machines, you've got to do some other things. And so he walked me through some stuff that he'd figured out before when we had a problem a long time ago. And so I was concerned we were not going to be able to get the, the messages up, but we were able to get that message up. So that was that was great. Bill helped me and we got it, got it done. Another trial, another triumph. Now, we're not going to go. We're going to go to Hebrews three. In Hebrews three, uh, it starts basically quoting something from the ninety-fifth Psalm, verses eight and nine, of, which says, "Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness." So, children of Israel had to go through different trials, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation, and said, "They always go astray in their heart." They have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So they had trials out there in the wilderness. But God said they were testing him too, and he, we were not supposed to act like they are. Now notice what Paul wrote, uh, we believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, chapter, verse 12 of chapter 3. Beware, brethren, lest there be in you, in any of you, an evil heart of unbelief, just because you go through trials doesn't mean you have unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So when you go through tests and trials, do not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, thinking, okay, I can't trust God, I can't rely on God, you know, God, it's your fault, uh, this is not right. Uh, we have to put up the trials. Verse 14, 
For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Jesus went through tests and trials. He put up with them. If we have to suffer, we're partakers like, like Christ. Verse 15. While it said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? And you would think with all the things they'd seen, they would not have rebelled, but they did. And in your life, if God has called you out of sin and revealed his truth, you've got precious truth and knowledge the rest of the world doesn't have. That people have wanted, billions of people have wanted the knowledge that you've got. Don't turn your back on it. Now, with whom was he that's God angry 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? They did not have faith. And to whom did he swear? He would not, they would not enter his rest, but those who did not obey. So we see they could not enter because of unbelief. So if you go through tests and trials, don't decide, I shouldn't believe. Now, I'll go back to some more scriptures on this in a moment, and I'll say a few more things that happened with us in Puerto Rico. All right. We had one day there that we were supposed to meet with somebody who's not in the Church of God. Now, this individual has never charged us any money, nor promised any money, but he helped us on some uh, government issues uh, uh, down there. And for the longest time, he's wanted to meet with me. And so we arranged it. Uh, I emailed him. I even called him Wednesday. He said uh, he'd see me at 10. Well, at 10.30, he doesn't show up. It's a little frustrating. So, okay. Uh, so about 10.30, I call him and said, you know, could you not get into the facility? I mean, what's going on? He's like, it was today. I remember I called him an hour before then or so. so. Yes. And basically said, oh, yeah, I know I was supposed to meet you on the 29th of September, but I thought that was uh, Friday and not Thursday. I said, well, this is it. He says, well, when are you leaving? I said, really early Friday morning. He said, okay, well, he said, okay. Tell you what, is it possible? He said, I can't leave here for quite a few hours if this project I've got going on. I had blocked off the next day to see you guys, but okay, today, could you possibly drive into San Juan uh, and uh, meet with me. I'll be there at 3 if you could do by three, 3. I said, can you be there bef before 3? Yeah, he says, okay, fine. So we uh, we go and get ready. And we actually, uh, since we had a little bit of time, we had gone to a, a beach. And our son David really, really liked the beach. He said, it was a great time. But I had to pull him out because we had to go get ready to go to San Juan. So we're driving to San Juan. And uh, either we called him or he called us. I think he, he must have called us. And uh, Scott was driving, so my wife picked up the phone. And he said uh, he was delayed a little bit, but somebody would get there before 3. He would, he'll be there on time, and then he'll come later. So we get to the location, and we were trying to do something. We need certain documents. And the 3 o'clock person doesn't show up. Now, we're there at 3. And 3... 30, 3, 40, we're not hearing from them. Nobody's there. We tried calling, texting, nothing, nothing is working. 
So I say to my wife, okay, well, we will text him that we'll go somewhere else. If they're going to come, we can meet with him there. So I go into the car, start the car, and it doesn't start. Now, I should have also mentioned this same car. We went to a, a, a restaurant with uh, uh, Senor Ponte and uh, Leal. There was also a problem, but he fixed the car, and we thought the car was fixed. So anyway, how, now we are in San Juan. It's about quarter to four, four o'clock. car will not start. Uh, I can't get the key out either. So I try the usual tricks, which is turn the steering wheel, whatever. doesn't work. I call uh, uh, Carlos Aponte, who had lent us this car. Uh, free, very nice of him. Very pretty car, by the way. And won't start. Can't do anything. So some Puerto Ricans keep, every now and then some will come by, and about four or five of them tried to help us, including the owner of the parking lot that we were in. They already tried different things, and, and nothing worked. So I went and tried to figure out what else to do. I kept calling uh, Senor Ponte, and he, I didn't get him. Now, earlier that day, he had taken uh, Oscar Leal to the airport, and I thought, well, maybe by now, uh, Oscar, that's how it's pronounced in Spanish, Oscar is in Maryland, and maybe I can call him. So I called him, he picked up, he said he would try various ways to get out of, uh, hold of uh, Carlos, that didn't work. So we're stuck. The person we're supposed to see uh, never showed up. Uh, and that's disappointing because he's going to work on, with us on some projects to reaching more people in Puerto Rico and other parts of the world. So finally, it's now, we've been this, do, working on this for close, for about an hour. Finally, we basically give up because nobody's going to come. So we, we, make, we say, look, we're going to have to keep our car parked here. Uh, someone will probably come tomorrow. I figured I'd have to try to get an Uber, which I've never done uh, myself, but I thought I would try to do that. Uh, but I said to my wife, why don't we go, and since we're in San Juan, find a restaurant, we'll go and eat, and we'll go to try to do that. So we, she finds something uh, on her phone, and we, it takes us oh, about, probably about 10 minutes to walk there. We get there, and uh, by the way, to enter our apartment, plus the hotel we went to, plus many of the restaurants, uh, they require uh, uh, COVID vaccine certificates, or they won't let you. They won't let you in. So they check our stuff. They let us in. All the places kept checking us over there. As a matter of fact, one of the people who tried to help us in Puerto Rico was wearing a COVID vaccine card, apparently because you you got asked over and over again, didn't want to pull it out, and it's very very common over there, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, anyway, we get to this restaurant, and I get a text from uh, Carlos Aponte, who tells me how to uh, fix the car. said there's just something that's loose. Now, I probably should mention that I did pop the hood, and there was nothing loose. Okay, Not from looking at it or just using your fingers, loose kind of a thing. So I'm thinking, this doesn't make sense. Something's loose, and i got to do is tighten it. So I was able to communicate with the restaurant uh, in English uh, to see if they had a tool I could borrow. And they gave me a certain type of pliers. And so I jogged over to, to the car, left, left my family in the restaurant. I actually got ordered. I jogged over to the car, popped the hood again, and tightened something that was uh, 
it was a nut that was already very tight. And I thought, and I, I didn't even know I moved it. Okay. And that was enough. And the car started. So, so that was good. We weren't stranded in San Juan. So that was, that was really good. So I went back to the restaurant, had, had, uh, uh, had a, a nice meal, and then, then, then drove, drove back. Now, one thing I really didn't want to do in uh, Puerto Rico was have to drive at night, but uh, I did. Uh, sunset's pretty early over there, and uh, so Wednesday night, it was, it was, it was dark, but I, but really dark. But we got back, we got back uh, safely. Now, while this may seem strange, I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 4, I mean the trial. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 12, Peter writes, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Now, it wasn't a fiery trial, but just things were going on over and over again. And by the way, it wasn't just our issues in Puerto Rico uh, uh, recently. There were a lot of health issues in uh, Serbia and Europe uh, and in the United States, uh, Religious Peace Tabernacles. A lot of people went through various tests and trials, including ex extremely severe ones. But anyway, verse 13, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, or an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Verse 16. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. So the reason I decided to say this, you know, I normally don't talk in great detail about trips and all the things that go wrong, but I consider that my uh, wife, son, and I were suffering as a Christian. We went there for Christian reasons. We did not go there for entertainment. We didn't go there for the beaches. We didn't go there. We went there because we felt it was the right thing to do. Uh, and I'll go through some more scriptures on that later. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in the manner. The time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and it begins with us first. What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. And we were there to do good. You don't have to go there, but Jesus said in Luke twenty-two twenty-eight, You are those who have continued with me in my trials. Now he was talking to the apostles, but we are to continue with Jesus uh, uh, in, in various, the various trials and stuff that, uh, that we have. Now, the trials weren't over. The next day, next morning, we get up early. Um, there was another power issue or something. There's an internet issue. There were some various things we had to deal with. And uh, we pack and we get ready. Uh, there's issues with our disabled son and I won't go into all those. Um, but anyway, so we get to the airport and we have to take three flights. Uh, the first one from San Juan to Miami. I was concerned about this because we had a 42-minute connection time, and usually when I've had to connect with Miami, there have been takes a lot longer than that. 
But this time the flight got there a little early, so we had enough time to get to make our connection. Now even though we'd asked the flight attendants if they would announce it, that we could leave, leave at the beginning when it landed, they didn't do what they were supposed to. But anyway, we made our connection, so this is good. So then we have another flight. This one is a huge plane, and this one goes from Miami to, to Dallas. But this one arrives late. Not only is it leaving late, we can say it's leaving late, we get a text that our next flight is going to leave 10 minutes earlier than it was scheduled. So originally, for our second connection, we had two 42-minute connections, and the second connection, they cut it down to 32 minutes, but then this other plane was late. And now you say, why would you make such airline reservation? Well, that was actually one of the reasons why I waited so long to decide if we were going to go to Puerto Rico. Could we possibly get anything better, but nothing else better came up. And it was really the only way to, to, to do it. So we did, and we get to the airport, and uh, there's somebody else who is going to uh, our location. There's, a, there's one flight from Dallas to San Francisco, and the person behind us who went from uh, Miami to Dallas was going to go there. We made some arrangements with him what things we could possibly do. Well, anyway, we get off the plane, and there's supposed to be a wheelchair for our son, David. It's not there. So I say to the guy, why don't you come with us, take these bags, and I had to put our son, David, on my back, which is not really convenient. Uh, and he, it's not that he can't walk at all, but he doesn't walk fast. And we're going through, going up and down escalators or whatever we have to do, and this is very tough. My wife is getting winded. Finally, I see one of these uh, electrical carts that's all for, for the disabled. I wave the guy down, tell him our problem. He gets us on there. We all get on there. We get to our plane. Great. We're going to be on the only plane that goes to our airport. And this is fantastic. So we're going to make it. We get there, and they let us on. And then there are two people after us who got on. I guess they had a late flight, too. But the plane doesn't leave. Not only does it not leave 10 minutes early like they tell us it was going to, it leaves uh, 50 minutes late. Then the plane has turbulence. And then they tell us we're going to land. And we're kind of late, you know, when we're supposed to land. And then they say, nope, we're not landing. They will not let us land. They've closed the airport uh, because we're too late. We don't get to land. Huh? First, this flight attendant tried to tell me it was because of uh, weather. And I said, ma'am, the only weather problem there is at San Luis Airport ever is if it's foggy. And it wasn't foggy that day. Uh, so that's not it. So we're not sure what happened. There's some kind of miscommunication between them. And they decided to turn the plane around and bring us to a town called Bakersfield. Now, there is no direct flight from San Luis Airport to Bakersfield or vice versa. There, there ever was that I knew of anyway. There's no normally scheduled one. So they fly us out to uh, Bakersfield. So now it's getting late. Uh, they let us off the plane, and they said they'll do something. But there's nobody to do anything at this Bakersfield Airport. It's a pretty small airport. And finally, it looks like a guy who handles baggage or something, after, I don't know, a half hour, 40 minutes, he makes some announcement that they're going to try to do something. Well, they're thinking about it. I decided, you know, I could probably drive, I could rent a car one way from uh, Bakersfield to San Luis Airport, which is where 
our, our van was parked. So, okay, I get in line. Uh, what, what budgets it had no cars. The Hertz line was really long, so I get to the Enterprise line. Uh, person in front of me gets a car. I come up there and say, oh, we have no more cars. What? We have no more cars that we'll let go for one way. Not any, I pleaded with the guy, it didn't work. So I, so I said to my wife, okay, you wait in the line for Hertz. I will go to the other end of the airport and go into the line for uh, whatever the airline is going to do. So we're not sure what to do. And then my wife uh, informs me, and while I almost never use a cell phone, I did have one on then, that the Enterprise has now magically have three cars. Now they had none when I was there. Magically they have uh, 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 three cars. And so uh, I come back and we finally get the car. It's a two and a half hour uh, drive or so to the airport and then, then, then home. So um, we get home around 11, which is roughly 2 a.m. Puerto Rico time, so it was a very long and trying day. As far as trials go, let's go to James chapter 1. I want to start reading verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, did you be perfect and complete. You know, it's not fun developing patience. We had to be very patient many times in this last week. Lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And I realize, again, others are having other tests and trials, but I thought this just happened. This is a good time to talk about tests and trials. 1 Peter 1, starting verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. And yes, we were grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen you loved, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. By the way, that was from ISV. I should have said that was the translation I was, I was uh, uh, using there. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, once, so we're exhausted, traveling. So again, it's the equivalent of 2 a.m. when we get in here. And there's beeping sounds. And I wasn't sure if it's the carbon monoxide detector or the smoke detector. And anyway, I disconnected some stuff. Uh, I'm just exhausted. And anyway, we, we, we did do that. But we are, again, going there into working on what we felt needed to be done. Uh, last night I got an email from uh, Carlos Aponte. He wants uh, material on the uh, uh, written material on the history of God, the Church of God. And by the way, um, I'm going to hold up a couple of booklets. Um, any booklet or booklet I might hold up is available free online at ccog.org. It's www.ccog.org. CCOG stands for Continuing Church of God. 
go to the literature tab under books and booklets you can find them. And he said something that we talked about. And then he said, I believe we must make a clear impact so people can really see where God is working and must be stronger than the first since it's most urgent to comply with Matthew 24, 14, which says, in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached the world as a witness and then the end will come. So something Mr. Ponte notices. Now, I got criticized by uh, a couple of different people. I got emails, uh, one from somebody from uh, Cagua, one of the larger Church of God groups, another from some, I don't know if he's a church God or Protestant but, or independent, uh, objecting to the fact that um, I did not tell people they could not get vaccinated and was willing to uh, uh, consider it for myself. Uh, and I tried to explain to people that you, you, you've got to be able to reach people. The Bible says that we're supposed to reach people. And they argued against that. And you know, God wouldn't expect you to do some kind of poison or anything, and that door must be closed. You know, Jesus said he opens the doors to Philadelphians, he opens and closes doors. And this person, one who's definitely not a Philadelphian as far as I'm concerned, was like, well, that door must be closed if you have to get a vaccine. But if you think about that logic, that means for the last 60 years, nobody could go to places like Africa, because you couldn't go to Africa without getting vaccinated, well, parts of, most parts of Africa, without getting at least a yellow fever vaccine and sometimes some other ones. And yellow fever is a poison, just like the other, other things. Now, I'm a scientist, and you would say I'm, I'm not a pro-vaxxer. Uh, my children, until recently, none of them had ever been uh, uh, vaccinated uh, until, like, say, this year, uh, a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, was the first time ever. And it's not because we're afraid of COVID or anything, but I want to go to Mark chapter 16, a concept some people don't quite grasp. Then he, that's Jesus, told them, as you go into the world, proclaim the gospel to everyone. So let's go to the whole world. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. These are signs to accomplish those who believe. Oh, I'm glad this is from the ISV. Accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new languages. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. And even if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They'll play their, their hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Now, we don't intentionally drink deadly poison. When Jesus was told by Satan to jump off a cliff to prove that he's uh, son of God and the angels would protect him, he didn't tempt God. Now, we're not tempting God. We're obeying God because Jesus said, go to proclaim the gospel everywhere, around the world. Uh, anyway, and, and some are, are opposed to that. Now, Mark, I want to go to Mark 13, starting verse 20. And he said to them, do you understand this parable? How then do you understand all parables? The sower sows the, sower, sows the word, and these are the ones on the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. They hear the word, and they immediately receive it gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and they endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. They either give up, 
or they won't proclaim the gospel to the kingdom of the kingdom of God to the world's witness. They won't do it. It's not important enough to them. Now these are those sown among the thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and desire for other things, entering in, chokes them. They become unfruitful. And their people will say, they would never be vaccinated to, uh, to, to proclaim the gospel or something. Okay? Well, they've got desires of things of the world above it. Now, as many people know who've read this cogwriter.com website, well before COVID, when someone challenged me when I wrote that, uh, you know, I mean, I don't get vaccines, but if I ever had to do it, I would do it. Someone's like, you have no faith. And I wrote the person that, and I posted about it later that said, look, if we have to get vaccinated to go to some country or something to proclaim the gospel, what do we say? We, don't, we won't go to that country? So anyway, with COVID, we had the same, same basic things. Anyway, but these are, talk about these are the ones sown on good ground. They hear the word, accept it, and they bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. Not saying, okay, I won't risk my health to help other people. I won't risk my health or my comfort to reach people in other lands. I'm going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting verse 2. The Apostle Paul wrote, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And in the world, by the way, the soldiers might have to get vaccinated. Uh, when I was in the military, my first or second day, they maybe get a bunch of vaccinations. You can't, uh, I tried objecting, you cannot, you weren't allowed to object to them or they would have kicked you out back then. And this is so they can send you anywhere. Okay? As a good soldier of Jesus, the Christ, we should be willing to go anywhere if we can. I want to go to Matthew 24. There's a lot of tests and trials. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 12, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Many will not have the Philadelphian love they need to have in order to reach others. But notice, but he who endures the end shall be saved. That means going through tests and trials and other issues that, you know, you, wouldn't, you don't necessarily want to go through. But we still need to go through. Now let's go to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul was inspired to write, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Yes, this is comforting, but when is it going to happen? Let's go to Matthew 24, starting verse 29. So go back there. Matthew 
Matthew 24, verse 29, Jesus said, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So Jesus returns sometime after the tribulation is over. Now what precedes the end? Well, I quoted this before, but I'll say it again, Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world's a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So the end, the great tribulation, for, for Jesus' words in Matthew 24, 21, starts after the gospel of the kingdom is officially preached to the whole world as a witness. But that preaching also must bear fruit. It's not just a witness. As we see, we will see, it's got to produce a lot of Gentile fruit. Now let's go to Acts chapter 14. Starting in verse 14, talks about the apostles Paul and Barnabas. Now let's go to verse 27. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Say, well, that was in the past. What about the 21st century? Are a lot more Gentiles supposed to be called? Yes. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. While you're going over there, I'm going to open another booklet. Whether you're Gentile or Israelite, descended one or the other, we have a, a, a free booklet called, Is God Calling You? Jesus is speaking here, uh, Luke 13, starting verse 27. And he will say, I will tell you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets of the kingdom of God and you yourselves cast out. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last will be first and first will be last. Jesus was telling the, the arrogant, smug, self-satisfied Pharisees, etc., the Jews, you think you're the only, you're hot stuff. You know what? Many of you aren't going to be there. The people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. The Gentiles are also going to be part of this. They are going to be among the rulers in the kingdom of God. Yes, massive numbers of Gentiles are still going to be called to come on in. And are more Gentiles to be called in this age? Yes. I want to go to Romans chapter 11, verse 25. So why are you mentioning this in Puerto Rico? Because Puerto Rico, they're Gentile. We also had... Uh, the Nelsons, three of them, who went to Africa uh, to meet, preach and meet people in Malawi and Mozambique uh, this, uh, uh, during uh, September of uh, 2021. They've been there a uh, year and a half before. They also had to get vaccinations. It's interesting. This time they had the COVID vaccine to get in, and uh, a year and a half ago they had to have the yellow fever vaccine to get in. So do we, do we just not deal with these people? God doesn't want to call them? God doesn't want Gentiles really 
look what it says here. Romans 11.25 For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. By the way, there are lots of mysteries. We have a book on the mysteries of God's plan. Also available at the ccfg.org website. Lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of Gentiles has come in. Now I want to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting verse 14. As Paul wrote, Judeans who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they do not please God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved. Many today, instead of forbidding it like the Jews did, they downplay or they ridicule the idea of reaching Gentiles in places like Africa. But they don't seem to understand that we must instruct many, which the Bible says will happen for the Philadelphians in Daniel chapter 11, uh, verses 32-33. Uh, this is going to include Gentiles. Now in the 2nd century A.D., Irenaeus of Lyon, Irenaeus, claimed to have received some of his doctrine from Polycarp of Smyrna, who was a Church of God leader. He said, God has made the Gentiles whose salvation was despaired of as fellow heirs. He also wrote, It's not possible to name the number of gifts which, which the church scattered throughout the whole world has received from God in the name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, and which she exerts day by day for the benefit of the Gentiles. God did purpose to take from among the Gentiles a people for his name. He wrote a few more things here. God has justly rejected them and given the Gentiles outside the vineyard the fruits of his cultivation. God shall enlarge Japheth, that's like the Asians, and he shall dwell in the house of Shem, Ham, uh, the Africans, and shall be his servant. And uh, some combination of those would be the Indians, etc. That is to say, in the end of, in the, end of the ages, he blossomed forth at the appearance of the Lord through the calling of the Gentiles. When God enlarged unto them the calling, and their sound went throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. The enlarging, then, is the calling from among the Gentiles, that is to say, the church. So the idea of reaching Gentiles did not die out after the writing of the New Testament. But getting back to the Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 11, starting in verse 26, he wrote some other things. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written. The deliver, deliverer will come out of Zion. He will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. This, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. So the sequence of Romans 11, we see that the fullness of the full number of Gentiles are going to come into faith prior to Jesus' return, which is verse 26. Now, I want to read something from the late pastor general, the old worldwide church of God, Herbert W. Armstrong, about Romans chapter 11, 25, etc. He wrote, Now, I want you to study carefully one of the most wonderful, important chapters in all the Bible, the 11th of Romans. Verse 23 says, Those who abide not still in unbelief shall yet receive salvation. Now, study carefully, beginning verse 25. Blindness 
in part, has happened to Israel. How long? Forever? No. Note it. Until the fullness of Gentiles has come in. The end of this age during which God is calling a people from among the Gentiles to bear his name, Acts 15.14. And so says, Romans 11.26, all Israel shall be saved. How? As is written, there shall come out of Zion a deliverer who shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. The deliverer, Jesus Christ, is coming again. I keep reading from what Herbert Armstrong wrote. When he comes, the Gentile times will be over. The blindness will be removed from the Israelites and their opportunity, their first chance of salvation will then come to those to whom God is blinded. This is the time when he comes to reign on his throne, the throne of David, with the saints immortal reigning, ruling with him. And the time is during the thousand years. Notice verse 31. The blinded Israelites have not now in this age received mercy. And through mercy the Gentiles saved in this age, they may then obtain mercy and salvation. How? Because these saved Gentiles will be kings and priests assisting the wonderful work. So that's uh, what Herbert Armstrong wrote in a, something called When Will the Millennial Be Spent? Now I want to read something else from uh, uh, that, a different version of it. Blindness from Herbert Armstrong in part has happened to Israel. How long? Forever? No, note it. Until the fullness of Gentiles has come in. The end of this age which God is calling people from among Gentiles to bear his name, Acts 15, 14. These blinded Israelites did not now in this age receive mercy, that through the mercy of Gentiles saved in this age, they, they may then obtain mercy and salvation. How? Because these saved Gentiles will then be kings and priests assisting in this wonderful work. So he published this article in 1954, the previous one in 1971. And also I want to see, read something he said from a Bible study in, uh, on June 27, 1980. Verse 25, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel, or that part of Israel, meaning the great part, the big part, all but a few have been blinded, it's the big part actually, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, or the number of Gentiles be converted becomes complete, as other translations have it. Now, clearly, we are closer to the time when all the Gentiles are supposed to come in to be kings and priests than when Herbert Armstrong said these things or published these things. More Gentiles had to be called and converted, and this is happening now. The Continuing Church of God has around 6,000 Gentiles uh, as of uh, 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 this late in 2021. That compares to about 300 or so we had in early 2014. The continuing Church of God has been the fastest growing uh, XWCGCOG in the 21st century. Now, sadly, many people are affected by prejudices and other factors which stops them from acting on the truth and supporting the reaching of the Gentiles. They act like reaching the Africans, people in Latin America, is simply not important. But that's not true. The end does not come. Jesus does not, well, that part of the end. Jesus does not come until the fullness or the full number as Herbert Armstrong said, of the Gentiles has come in. It's important to do. And not say, well, there's COVID. And because of COVID, these countries won't let you travel if you don't get vaccinated. And you would never get vaccinated because certainly God would never expect that. Now, I am not here telling people about getting COVID vaccines. As a matter of fact, we had three different groups of people who traveled, uh, four actually, who us, that I'm aware of, 
that had to uh, cross borders uh, and had to get a COVID test because of this. Now, I said to all, all I said to those other ones, I said, look, you don't have to go to Canada, uh, ultimately Australia, which we haven't been able to do yet, but uh, uh, to Canada, uh, to uh, uh, Malawi, Mozambique, uh, or, or even Puerto Rico, if you don't get, you can't go if you don't get the COVID test. And as I, as I said to uh, these others, um, you don't have to, I'm not telling you you have to get the COVID test, but you can't go to Malawi, Mozambique, or Canada unless you have the, uh, the vaccine. Okay, so I said, you don't have to do this. You decide if you want to do it. And uh, various ones decided that they would go ahead and do that. And I'm aware that various ones have various health issues and other things. And again, if you're not, you don't have to, if you're not in a position where we're going to send you out anywhere, uh, you know, we don't tell you you have to do it. We don't ever tell anybody they have to get the, the shot. People have to decide if they're willing to do it and if it's required. Now, for some people, it's required to keep their jobs or to do various other things, to assist sick people or to help people as well. So this is not a pro-vaccination discussion. What it is, is a message that we have tests and trials. Uh, getting the vaccine uh, is a test and trial for, for our family for lots of reasons, which I'm not going to go into. But we're supposed to endure tests and trials to do what God wants us to do. Now, again, some people think that the Gentiles don't really count, particularly the poor ones. And that's simply not the case. Um, we want to reach people uh, uh, in part, various parts of Asia. Uh, we've got some things going on there. We want to do some more things. We've been affected by COVID restrictions. Uh, the Nelsons were supposed to go to Mozambique last year and couldn't, couldn't get in. Uh, uh, now this year, things opened up for Malawi, not so much with Mozambique. Uh, they opened up, I don't want to go all the details about Mozambique, but basically, things opened up and we go through the doors when they're opened up. Last year, they were closed. We can't say, we have to wait until they get rid of all vaccine requirements. Now, we could do that. We could do that. But we, the Canadian Church of God, believe the end is soon. Um, there's a high probability that if certain things occur, the Great Tribulation will begin uh, no later than 2027. And if the fullness of the Gentiles has to come in before Jesus returns, and the Great Tribulation doesn't begin until the Gospel of the Kingdom is preached to the world as a witness, we need to do our part in doing so. And so the uh, leaders and the people that we set out who are willing to do it uh, all have to make decisions. And so far, all of them have been willing to do what they had to do. Again, it is not that we've been quaking in our boots because of COVID. People who know me know absolutely this hasn't phased me at all. I believe I can uh, treat it. I'm, I have treated a bunch of dozens of people with it. Uh, my immune system is pretty good, but everybody's isn't. And there's various health challenges and weathers people have. But we did what we did to support the work which includes uh, what we're trying to go directly into nations, as well as some behind-the-scenes stuff that I'm working on in the final phase of the work. Now, let me read something I wrote here. Jesus taught the end will not come until the gospel kingdom of God reaches enough nations. And based on Paul's writings, we're, 
we see that, quote, the full, full number, and that's full number of Gentiles, that's how it's translated in the NIV, NLT, BSV, CEV, GNT, HCSV, ISV, Net Bible, put uh, Romans 11.25. God's going to have so many Gentiles come in in this age, and we have to reach them. Now I want to go to Romans chapter 9, verse 25. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them a people who were not my people, and her beloved, who who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there they shall be called the sons of the living God. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel, that the number of the children of Israel will be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. In the continuing church of God, we are reaching Gentiles and non-Gentiles. And that's why I believe we've been the fastest growing HWCG Church of God in the 21st century. I'd like to read something else. This is um, from the late Garner Ted Armstrong. This is from 1967. This is from the old Radio Church of God. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. So he's quoting it again. Lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happening to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. God has a time schedule he is working out. And we are part of that time schedule in the continuing church of God, which is why we're going through the doors that are opening. Now in 1970, the late uh, uh, Dr. Herman Hay uh, Oh, actually, it was in 1957, and it was also uh, republished in 1970, wrote, Isaiah 11, the Gentiles are going to seek God, verse 16, and Israel and Judah are going to be gathered the second time from among the heathen nations. This cannot be speaking of any spiritual Israel. The last verse of this chapter speak of men crossing rivers and highways as they leave the Gentile nations and return a second time to the land of promise. This is the time spoken of by Paul. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take, them, take away their sins. Romans 11, 25-27. Here is good news. Here is part of the gospel message. Blindness has happened to Israel, not forever, but until the full number of Gentiles who are to be converted in this age comes into the kingdom. Then Israel shall be forgiven, and the vast majority of Israel of Gentiles shall seek God. Again, since the end of the age, with Jesus returning, does not come until the full number of Gentiles enters in, shouldn't we be trying to reach Gentiles during the final phase of the work? As I alluded to before, and we have a message about uh, why uh, the Great Tribulation uh, would be expected to begin by 2027, certain uh, things are the case. We need to go through the doors now for that to happen. Now, while it's true that the true witnesses and the messages of the three angels, Revelation 14, 8-11, will be uh, out there during the 
great tribulation of the day of the Lord, the way Romans 11.25 is written shows that Christians are not to wait for that alone, but also to participate in it now, even though many are thinking, ah, we don't need to really do that. Now, the Apostle Paul, who was the Apostle to the Gentiles, Romans 11.13, and the other Apostles realized that in the book of Acts. You can see in Acts chapter 11. Now, we in the Continuing Church of God believe that so, and we've been pouring resources to do the reaching of the Gentiles, including impoverished ones. And as I say, we've got a free booklet. Is, is God calling you? And we also realize that God has a plan of salvation for the Gentiles, including those that have not yet been called. Now, I alluded to this a few times by reading quotes from uh, Radio Church of God or Worldwide Church of God uh, uh, leaders, uh, the ones I've read from are all deceased. We have a fairly detailed book called Universal Offer of Salvation. Because if you think about Gentiles, we're not reaching billions and billions of them that have been dead. There have probably been 50 billion, maybe 100 billion Gentiles who have not learned the truth about Jesus. What about those who died prior to this age? Well, those who died prior to this age, who were, did not have a true opportunity for salvation, will be offered salvation. It's not a second chance. Everyone will be offered salvation, either in this age, which is why I hold up this particular booklet, or the age to come, which is why I held up this book. You can see this one's a lot thicker. People somewhat accept this, but have a lot of people who profess Christianity have a hard time understanding God's plan of salvation and that God does have a plan to call all, give all an opportunity, um, again, some in this age and the rest in the age to come. It gets, again, available at the ccg.org website. But why bring this up in the context of Gentiles? If God's going to call these Gentiles after the second resurrection, which is uh, the time period that I'm alluding to here. Why bother with them now? Why bother with Gentiles now? Well, certainly throughout the church age, we've seen the Gentiles were called. But not a lot of them, particularly uh, in the last, uh, let's say, 100 years or so. But we, Gentiles who are going to be called at the end of this age will have a better ability to be leaders in the kingdom of God, and after the second resurrection, during the time when the other Gentiles will have an opportunity for salvation, teach them. The Bible says that true Christians will be kings and priests and reign with Jesus. Priests teach. Kings rule. More Gentiles need to be called and converted because more Gentiles are needed to reach and help teach the tens of billions of Gentiles that will come up after the second resurrection. God has a plan for the Gentiles. God has a plan that many people do not comprehend. And again, I keep pointing to this particular book. It has hundreds of scriptures that back this up. And you say, but no, you're teaching a second chance. No, I'm teaching one opportunity. And not only am I teaching this, did you know this was a belief of early Christians? Did you know that they taught that? That might be a surprise to you. Particularly, let's say, you're Protestant. We have a book 
called Hope of Salvation, How the Continuing Church of God Differs from Protestantism. Protestants generally don't teach this. Protestants basically teach, if you get lucky, you hear Jesus' name, and you happen to say, yeah, I'll accept it, you get to be saved. Otherwise, too bad, the rest of you fry for eternity, which according to Protestantism means most people ever lived are doomed, even though they truly didn't understand the gospel. You say, well, what if I was a Roman Catholic or Eastern Orthodox? Early people they considered to be saints or leaders did teach that. But this got, uh, some versions this got condemned in the 6th century and they don't teach it anymore, even though some of the Eastern Orthodox think that this, is, this still may happen. They're not sure how or why. Okay, this is another book we have. This is the other ones, anyone that, that I hold up here. The reality is God has a plan for the Gentiles. And it doesn't just include Puerto Rico. As I mentioned, uh, we have a, a, a new elder, by the way, who's come with us uh, from uh, uh, Panama. Uh, so he's reaching people uh, down there. And you know, we had various triumphs during this feast and during all the tests and trials. Look, my wife and I are still alive and our son. We got back. It was, yes, it was frustrating, and yes, some of what we wanted to accomplish to reach people, the doors didn't open the way we wanted it to have happened yet. But I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 14. Paul writes, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge in every place, we went to Puerto Rico to help diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge in that place. The Nelsons went down to Malawi to reach people in Malawi, Mozambique, to do the same thing. Evangelist Ivan Oshing does the same thing in different parts of Africa. Elder uh, Alexander or Sasha Belzi does the same thing in Europe and also tries to reach people over the internet elsewhere. Uh, Deacon Richard Close, uh, the Dupuis, uh, the hosts we have in different areas, uh, including the Philippines and parts of Asia, are also diffusing the fragrance of his knowledge in those places. We had triumphs in Puerto Rico. Yes, we had uh, tests and trials as well. And yes, some people had certainly more. Some people had more severe tests and trials than we had, but don't think that's strange. As I said, New Testament says we should expect to have tests and trials, but we're not supposed to give up. You know, we've had people reach and meet people in uh, Mexico, South America, India, Europe, Philippines, Africa, the Caribbean, various parts of Asia. We go through those doors. We're, we, the Continuing Church of God, are serious about fulfilling and supporting Romans 11.25. No, we don't call, but God does. And we're supposed to try to reach them, and we've been doing that. We, Church of God, people need to do more than just give a witness to the Gentiles. They also need to have Gentiles converted. That's required for the end of the time. And to a major degree, we, the Continuing Church of God, have been the fastest growing Church of God in the 21st century because of that. In Acts 4, 1927 says God opened up a door to reach the Gentiles 
Philadelphian Christians are supposed to go through that door, consistent with Jesus' words in Revelation 3.7, and the full number of Gentiles must come in before Jesus returns, Romans 11.25. That includes Puerto Rico, Latin America, Asia, Africa, and other parts where there are Gentiles. And where the door is open, we in the continuing Church of God intend to go through them. We Yes, we'll have tests and trials. We all have tests and trials. But we need to have faith. Continue with God. God will continue with us. Matthew 24, 14 will be fulfilled. And the full number of Gentiles will come in. That's what your Bible teaches. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Continuing Church of God.